Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Pace Place Podcast for another episode here of Mindful Monday or Motivational Monday. I don't know. I just like the mindful and I like to be motivated. So I just want to thank God that you guys are here tuning in with me once again for another week of just me deciphering the word and being able to be led by the Spirit to really bring something worthy of you guys to listen to, to you guys to really ponder on and for the Lord to just continue to teach me how to obey. And so with that, I'm just super grateful that you guys are tuned in once again for another week here with me on the Pace Place podcast to discuss once again the word of God and just how we can apply the word of God to our lives and keep it in our hearts and allow it to um, educate us, allow it to elevate our mind, our way of thinking as we just operate in this world. And so welcome back. Okay. And I want to kind of just give you guys a synopsis of what I'm going to be discussing today because the scripture reference is long. It's pretty lengthy. So I'm coming from Luke chapter eight today, verses one to 12. And it's going to be a, how would I want to say this? Like a continuation from what I'm going to talk about today, going into next week and going into week into the week after that. So it's going to be more likely a four to five week span of talking about this topic. And I want to break each one down for us to really understand and to see how can we really apply these things to our lives when it's coming or when we're talking about the word of God and the word of God being that seed. And so I want to basically talk to you guys today about the importance and the power of Jesus's words here in Luke chapter eight, because his words are important and they are powerful. And if we just choose to have this word in our hearts, choose to walk in his word and apply the word to our lives, we can just see how much power we will have in this realm, in this life, this body that we're living in. And so I'm super grateful that, you know, the Lord just laid this on my heart because I, I want to be led by the spirit and I want to be obedient to the spirit. But then again, I also want to surrender my life to the Holy Spirit. And so thinking of that, I have to now come into this mindset of not taking a step if God didn't tell me to take this step. And so when it boils down to my podcast, I've just been in this place where I want to give my audience, what God wants me to give them. And so with that, you know, it's been a struggle. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Like it's been a super struggle for me um, just being led by the spirit because I was in this place where I felt like I was comfortable and I didn't realize and understand that I was comfortable until God revealed it to me in prayer. And I was like, no, I don't want to be, you know, in this place of familiarity or comfort or, you know, in a place where I feel like I got it down packed, quote unquote. Um, and so with that, I'm just super grateful that 
um, I'm back and I'm up, I'm energized, I'm ready, um, you know, for a moment. My continence did fall, you know, I did feel this sense of like, failure inside of me. But uh, once again, <laughs> the Holy Spirit was just like, no, that's that's not your portion. That's not what I have for you. And of course, we're, we're none of us. We're never going to get it 100% right. We're always going to come into this place of stagnancy or complacency. But when we recognize that and then make that shift and that change, then that's where the elevation can then we can come through and then we can continue to push through and persevere. And so I'm just super excited to share this with you guys. I'm going to stop with my ranting. And so let's get into the word of God. Let's get into the importance and the power of the words of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior here in Luke chapter eight, verses one to 12. And it reads in the King James version. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 was with him. And a certain woman, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Harriet Stewart and Susanna and many others which ministered unto him and their substance. And when much people were gathered together and come to him of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell down by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit in hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said unto you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And so I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to read the entire chapter. But like I said in the beginning, this is going to be a continuation. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about today is the seed that fell by the wayside. And I absolutely love this because we see here that Jesus went throughout 
every city and village. And I love it because when I was studying this, it actually was alluding to the fact that this have this may have been the second tour of Jesus through the region of Galilee. And so what it was saying basically was in Luke chapter four was the first tour that Jesus made throughout Galilee. And now this is the second tour that he is going out into the into the region, into the cities and into the villages, preaching and showing the good news to the people. The only difference between the first time and the second time is that now he has his 12 disciples. They are established as his disciples and they are there with him as the chosen 12. And it just shows how he brought the good news to the people. The news that God's Messiah and King was present with them right now. And on top of him being present there, he's announcing the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here and it is now. So Luke especially mentions these certain women who followed Jesus because it was unusual for women to follow the rabbis in this time. The rabbis actually refused to teach women and they generally placed women in an inferior place when, you know, compared to men in their time. And so this is especially interesting where we can see here that as Jesus preached and he showed and he talked and he he healed and all of the things that he's done in this time where he's walked this earth, his enemies were the men. His enemies were the religious priest, okay, the chief priest, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the men that held authority in the communities, in the villages, in the cities. And I found that to be absolutely interesting, just that the fact that these women are following him. These women are being made free. Jesus has saved them from a life of immorality. And so with him freeing them, they choose to now serve him. They choose to follow him. And what is actually interesting that really, really caught me is the type of women. Because I, I love the fact that first he he names the women, okay, by name. It's not just a certain woman, you know, some little lady on the side over here, the a nameless woman. He actually gives name to these women. Mary called Magdalene, Joanna, the wife of Kuzas, which is Harriet Stewart. So Joanna would clearly come from the courts, the king courts. And how amazing is that to find that Mary Magdalene, with her dark past and her seven demons who were cast out of her, is also in the presence of Joanna, the lady of the court, in one company Be in order to follow Jesus. Like that is absolutely amazing because if we look at this in this time, these two women would not be caught dead with one another. 
Like, it's just, they don't. They look down upon anybody who was not from the courts. Any of the common people were less than to the king and the people who served in his courts. And I absolutely find that just to be amazing. Okay, the woman following Jesus clearly was unusual, you know, and I just find that awesome that even in that, these women are able to come together, put their differences aside and follow him. Not only follow him, but they gathered together and they gave to his ministry. And just how humble Jesus is where he he made himself dependable on other people. Like he's obviously Jesus Christ, you know, God in the flesh. He could have just snapped his fingers and made himself some food or given himself some money or any of those things. But he didn't. He was dependent upon others. He didn't have to. He chose to. He could have just created all of his needs and been sustained from what he created. But Jesus was humble enough and godly enough to receive from others. And it's so interesting because I went to church and my pastor was talking about giving and receiving. And it was just absolutely amazing. And now I'm here with this and how Jesus received. It's interesting, though, when we look at our day and our time, the time that we're in, everyone is in this self-made, you know, position. I want to be, you know, self-made and self-everything. I don't have to depend on nobody. I don't need nobody. You know, I'm strong. and I'm independent. Okay, and I'm not saying that anything is wrong with those things, but if we really take a look at that, it just goes to show how many of us today are too proud to receive help from others. Sometimes the ability to humbly receive is a better measure of Jesus in our lives than the ability to give. And I absolutely love that because the the giving sometimes puts us in a higher place, but in our receiving help from other people, it shows us or it puts us in a lower place and the lowly place where we can stay in a humble submission to God. And I absolutely love the fact that in this, Jesus himself is willing to be made dependent on other people. And with that, he's teaching us how to also receive help. That it's okay to be in a place where we need help because sometimes we're going to need help. It's not all the time where we're going to have these highs. It's not all the time where we're going to be the givers. You know, sometimes life happens and life happens to us all. So in those times where life is life in, what are we going to do? Are we still going to be out here too proud to ask somebody for help? to humbly take the chip off of our shoulder, to put our pride aside. 
Like in in those cases, like, are we capable? Can we do it? And these are the questions that we really have to ask ourselves. These are the things that we really have to ponder on and be mindful about because not all the time are we going to be riding on the highs of life. Yeah, it sounds all good and it sounds all amazing and great, but that is not realistic. And so I absolutely love the fact that Jesus is showing us here in this verse just how he's able to live a life that is dependent on his servants, the people who choose to serve him, the people who choose to follow him. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Jesus actually taught um, in great multitudes. It says when a multitude had gathered, like Jesus taught large groups at one sitting. And it was also so interesting because we remember in previous scriptures where he actually taught from a boat because the crowd was pressed in on the shore and Jesus used the boat as an effective pulpit for him to preach the word, teach the people. And this is how bad the people wanted it. They came and pressed in on the shore of a beach where he came on a boat Okay, and was there for hours preaching the word, giving what he had came to give them. And so we certainly see that he didn't despise teaching smaller groups or even individuals, but on many occasions he taught in large groups because he drew crowds from every city. But the people who wanted it, like after he spoke the parable, the disciples then came to him and said, what might this parable be? And what did he do? He taught them. After saying this whole parable and all these things to all of this multitude of people, he still continued in that same teaching and preaching aspect when the little, okay, after the multitude was gone, the smaller group of the 12 came and wanted him to expound on what he was saying. And I find this to be absolutely amazing. And just at the fact that the idea behind the word parable, it actually means to throw alongside of. And so it is a story thrown alongside of the truth intended to teach. So parables have been called earthly stories with heavenly meanings or parabole. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that, but that's how they basically say it in the Greek language. And it actually is a wider uh, variety of definition in the Greek language than the word parable in our English language. It actually includes the proverbs and riddles or wise sayings as well as the parable. So I absolutely love the fact that with this, this, this wise saying, it goes to show that Jesus is throwing alongside of the truth a story that is intended to teach the people. It actually has a double advantage upon the hearers because first it's upon their memory. As they're hearing him speak, we began to analyze or remember the story that is spoken. 
And then second, it's upon their minds. Because as we begin to analyze the story and remember that story to put them upon a studying of the meaning of what is being heard so that it can properly be delivered into our subconscious mind. And I absolutely love that. And when we think about parables, it's so interesting because when I was studying parables, a lot of theologians was basically saying like the meaning of parables and allegory always come up and how people often confuse a parable for an allegory. And so parables, they they generally teach one main point or principle. A parable is it's not an allegory. An allegory is a story in which every possible detail has an inner meaning. But an allegory has to be read and it has to be studied in order for you to decipher what it is saying. A parable is heard. And upon hearing it, then you can understand the moral of the story. And it's always to teach a principle, to make a point. We must be very careful not to confuse or make the mistake of having an allegory or a parable. And so I absolutely love that when I studied it, it was it was so amazing. And I encourage you guys to also go and study the difference between parables and allegories. They're both uh, they both show up in the Bible. But as far as this goes, this is a parable and this parable is here to teach us a moral of the story. It is here to teach us a main point or a principle. And in this case, Jesus is making a main point when he talks about how the sower went out to sow his seed. Jesus spoke according to the agricultural customs of his day. The day that he is speaking in, in those days, seeds were scattered first and then it was plowed into the ground. So for the most part, you didn't really know the quality of the precise piece of ground until after the sowing. So as he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside. And this is what I want to hone in on today is the seed that fell by the wayside. So there were some that fell by the wayside. There were some that fell on the rocks. Some fell on thorns and then some fell on good grounds. But today I want to talk about the wayside. The para- this In this parable, the seed fell on four different types of soil. I find that to also be interesting. And then it kind of makes me think too, like, is it the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils? Because like, you know, we're really kind of talking about the, the soil here. Because the difference is never the seed, but on what kind of soil was the seed on? What kind of soil is the seed being planted in? Because the seed is always going to be a seed. A seed can't never be nothing else but a seed. And if you plant that seed into good soil, it will grow. It will flourish. But if your soil is contaminated, okay, if your soil is just, you know, it it ain't doing what it's supposed to do. If you got too many rocks, thorns, or thistles in your soil, then 
it, it's not going to really produce that harvest that you're looking for or that you're hoping for. And so after he says this, he actually says, he who has ears, let him hear. So this is not a call for all listeners. It, it Rather, it is or it was a call for those who were spiritually sensitive to take a special note of what he was saying. This is especially true in light of the next couple of verses that he's mentioning here when Jesus explained the purpose of the parable to the disciples uh, uh, when they asked him, like, what does this parable mean? The meaning of the parable wasn't immediately obvious to the disciples. And I find that to also be interesting because it's a parable for the spiritually sensitive. And so in this instance, the disciples themselves who actually walked with Jesus and talked with him and heard his sayings and his parables, they were not there yet spiritually to understand what he was saying. And he knew that. And it makes me have that much more comfort. And it also motivates me more and allow me to be more mindful when I look at this and I see how they started to seek. So even though they did not understand, they sought after what they wanted to know. And so the idea was not immediately obvious to them, but as Jesus talked, they listened. And that was the thing. They listened and they knew that he was the Messiah and they knew that everything that he said was important. So what did they do? They sought after what they wanted. And Jesus tells them, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables. As Jesus used them, parables were more like puzzles and, and riddles other than illustrations. Only those who had the right key could understand them. The disciples who wanted the things of God were given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. They could have been spoken to plainly because they wanted to know. They understood who Christ was, who Jesus was in the flesh. And so the mysteries of the kingdom of God was revealed unto them. And I find this to be interesting too, because in the Bible, a mystery is, it's not something that we cannot figure out. It is something that we would never know unless God revealed it to us. It's something that we have to earnestly seek for. And I find this to be interesting again, because the word tells us over and over and over to seek him, to seek first after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to seek him with all diligence, with all of our hearts, our minds and soul, to seek God. And the seeing that we might see in the hearing that we might understand. Because in the seeking, the things that we are seeking is revealed unto us. The word tells us that if we continue to seek God, he will make himself known to us. And so the mysteries that is a mystery to others, but in 
beginning, it's a mystery to us too. It is then revealed to us in revelation from God. And I absolutely love that. And what I absolutely love about this chapter, okay, is the fact that the seed is the word of God. So Jesus liking the word of God to be like a seed. A seed has enormous power in itself for the generation of life and usefulness. It is, if it's, if it is revealed or if it is planted in the right conditions, it can regenerate life. Okay. It can produce what is needed to sustain us. And I absolutely love that. Like if you plant one seed, one fruit is not going to grow, but a whole tree or a whole bush is going to grow with multiple fruit upon that tree or that bush or even a vegetable seed. It don't even much matter what seed you plant, okay? What is going to grow from that harvest if you continue to nurture that seed? If you make sure that soil is good soil for that seed to grow, it is going to come up plentiful for the harvest. It is going to grow and multiple fruit is going to be upon that one seed. From that one seed sprouting, it's going to bring forth a multitude. It's going to bring forth an abundance. And that's the part that it just gets me every time when I think about the word of God being that seed. The idea that the seed is the word of God is actually repeated in the Bible. Paul used it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, where he says that, I have planted, Apollos has water, but God gave, gave the increase. He has planted, another has watered, but God gives the increase. What is being planted that Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians? The word of God, the seed is being planted unto the people. Another comes behind him and waters that seed. And God comes behind both of them and makes the increase. And Peter wrote that we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And that's the part that just, it just warms my soul. It motivates me to keep going, to keep pushing at the fact that the seed is the word of God. And we have been born again by the incorruptible seed of Christ. The preacher of the gospel is like the sower. Anybody who preaches the word, speak of the good news is the sower is the waterer, okay? He does not make the seed. 
Nobody can make a seed. That's how this this is how interesting this really is and just how amazing the creation that God created in back in Genesis. This is how amazing it is because no one can make a seed. Nobody. You it's just not possible to make a seed. The seed is given by his divine master, right? It's given to us by God. And with the seeds being given to us, then we then give those seeds out. No man could create even the smallest grain that has ever grew upon this earth. (laughs) The seed is just that. It's just a seed. And it comes from the fruit in which we bear. Now, whether we bear good fruit or bad fruit, we're still going to have a seed. And what are we doing with that seed? How are we nurturing our fruit? What are we putting into our bodies to ensure that the harvest is ripe? To ensure that the harvest is good. What are we putting into our bodies? What are we putting into our minds? No man can create the smallest seed ever grain that has ever grew upon this earth, much less the celestial seed of eternal life. And I, oh, that's, that's so good. Because those that fell by the wayside are those who hear, right? And then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts so that they cannot believe and be saved. As the birds devour the seed on the wayside, so some of us receive the word with a hardened heart. And then the wickedness in us takes away the sown word. The word has no effect because it never penetrates and it's quickly taken away. Because our hearts is like a stone wall. The wayside soil represents those who never heard the word with understanding. The word of God, it it must be understood before it can truly bear fruit in our lives. If we don't understand what the word is saying, how can we even know if the seed is even going to bear fruit? If we don't know the first thing about gardening, how do we expect a plant, a tree, a bush or whatever? To bear fruit. How can we even expect for anything to grow when we don't know anything? We don't even understand it. We don't understand the process. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying here in this scripture. And one of Satan's chief works, okay, is to keep us in darkness regarding understanding of the gospel. It is to keep us in the dark so that we will not fully understand the potential that God has placed in us. So that we do not fully understand the idea of who God created us to be. And this actually tells us that Satan is at work 
during the teaching and the preaching of God's word. And so Satan seems to believe in the power of the word more than we do. Because if he didn't believe, why is he so busy working against it? Because he knows that if we hear it and we receive it, then faith will begin to grow. Then salvation is in order. And that is what he is working against. It says, then comes the devil. He is punctual in his work. The devil knows just the right time to come in and hit a distraction on us. <laughs> to keep us at that moment of distraction. And it's actually the wrong moment because the right moment would be where God, where the Holy Spirit comes in. Distraction from whatever it is that is being taught, from whatever it is that we may be wanting to think about for tomorrow or yesterday's problems or whatever. Distractions to keep us from hearing and receiving the word. The devil comes and takes the word. It doesn't say that he tries to take it. He comes and he takes it. In this regard, we can see that we're giving him power. How is he able to come and take the word from us? He sees he comes and then he comes and conquers. But he can only conquer us because our hearts are hardened to the word of God. And so when that word is trying to penetrate in us, he doesn't even allow the opportunity for it to make a dent before he comes and snatches it out. When he comes, before he comes and places a stumbling block in our lives, he sees and he comes to devour. If it were not for the opposing work of the Holy Spirit, nothing would happen at the preaching of the word of God. But because the Holy Spirit is at work in all of us, and all we have to do is choose to believe, choose to stand steadfast, choose to allow the word to penetrate us. Even if our hearts are hardened, God can soften our hearts. Don't allow the enemy to take what is rightfully ours. He comes and he takes the word. This also shows us that the enemy has purpose. Okay, <laughs> he has a purpose. He is actually a pretty good theologian, if you ask me, because he's been around for so many years, okay, far more many years than us. And he knows that faith and salvation come to the people who hear the word of God. He works hard to keep salvation and spiritual strength from those who might otherwise hear to have a, for them to have a, a good effect, for it to have a saving effect on people's lives. His strategy gives some wisdom to us if we will receive it. That if a heart does stay in contact with the word of God, there is a good chance that repentance and faith will come forward. So I want to ask you guys today, 
Think about the seed we are to bring to a harvest in us. Think about it. Are we allowing that seed to fall by the wayside? Are we allowing the enemy to take that seed away from us? Are we giving him authority in our lives to come in and take the word out of our hearts? Are we allowing the enemy to steal from us? Allow our hearts today to stay in contact with the word of God. Just as these certain women followed Jesus, they sold into his ministry because they allowed the enemy to flee from their lives and then fill their hearts with the words of Christ as he walked, as he talked, as he preached, as he taught, as he healed and restored so many people. They filled their hearts with the good things of the Messiah. And we too can do those same things today. We don't have to allow our seed to fall by the wayside and be trodden down and the fowls of the air comes and devour it. We don't have to allow our seed to fall upon the rocks or to be choked out by the thorns. We can be that good ground that our seed is fallen upon that will spring forth and bear fruit a hundredfold. We can be the ones who hear and has ears to hear. We just have to continue to fill our hearts with the word of God, which is the seed. The seed is the word of God. And we must never forget that. And so with that, I hope you guys have an awesome Monday. And to keep pondering on this. Keep asking ourselves the deep questions, the things that we sometimes don't want to look at, the things that we sometimes are in denial about. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into the truth of who we are, into the truth of how we are harvesting our seeds. Oh, most gracious and heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this day. I thank you for another opportunity to be here and to be recording what you have given me, Father God. I just continue to thank and praise you just because of who you are to me in my life, Lord God. I pray for the strengthening and the encouragement of all of my listeners, Lord God. I pray pray that you continue to be all that they need you to be, Lord God. To all the listeners all over the world, Lord God, I just ask you, Father God, to provide the need, Lord God. Allow our bodies to be the good ground, Lord God. We don't want our seed to fall down by the wayside, Lord God. We don't want the enemy to come up and take what is rightfully ours, Lord God. We want to understand your word, Father God. We want to know the things that you have in store for us through the reading of your word, Father God. 
So I ask you, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, as we continue to study your word throughout this week, as we continue to study to show ourselves approved, Lord God, to know your word, Lord God, to understand your word, Father God, I ask you to open our eyes, Lord God, reveal the things in scripture that the enemy does not want us to see, Father God. Allow us to continue to stand steadfast on who you have called us to be, Father God. Allow us to be mindful of the things that are around us, of the things that we're thinking, Lord God, of the word that is stored inside of our hearts, Lord God. Allow us to know that we have you as our guide. We have you, Lord God, as the blueprint to continue to lead and guide us in the ways that we should go and to lead us into all truths, Father God. And we just continue to thank you and praise you that we have access to your word, Father God. And even if we don't have access, Lord God, in whatever country that we may be in, Father God, we ask you to provide the need, Lord God. We ask you to provide the access, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord God, we just continue to thank you and praise you just because of who you are in our lives, Lord God, just because of your provision and your protection that you have placed over our lives, Lord God. And we ask you to continue, Father God, to allow us to know the potential that you have placed inside of us, to continue to walk steadfast in your word, Lord God, to continue to study your word, Lord God, to continue to store your word in our hearts, Lord Father God, to continue to memorize your word, Lord God, so that when the enemy comes up and tries to attack us, Lord God, we have the ammunition inside of our hearts to speak life, Lord God, to speak the things that are in your word, Father God, to know it off the top of our heads, Lord God, so that he has no time, Father God, to try to trip us up, Father God, because the first instance, the first sign that we see, Father God, we are speaking the word that you have given us into existence, Lord God. And we just continue to thank you and praise you for your redemption plan, Father God, for creating us, for the creation of this world, Lord God. And we continue to pray the upliftment of the world, Lord God. Allow us to walk, Father God, in goodness, in righteousness, in godliness, Father God, in purity, Father God, in truth, Lord God. Allow us to be those living epistles who you have called us to be, Father God, in faith of what you are to us, of who you are to us, Lord God. And we just continue to thank you and praise you. As we go forth, Father God, we just ask you, Lord God, to continue to elevate our minds, Lord God, continue to allow our minds to be steadfast on the things that are good, Lord God, on the things that are of you and on the things that you have in store for us, Father. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you, and we praise you, and we honor you. Amen and amen. Thank you all for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast with your host, Latrell Pace. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And don't forget to join me once again next week for another episode where we will have a continuation of the importance and the power of Jesus's word. And we're going to go into verse 13, where we're going to talk about the seed that fell upon the rock and how in times of temptation, it fell away. So tune in and don't miss out.